بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم ما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Alhamdulillah, we find ourselves at the end of the Gregorian calendar, the, the year, 2021. And it's about to, of course, be finished. And usually the custom is in this country, as well as many countries throughout the world, that we try to make a New Year's resolution. When the New Year comes, a resolution, I want to change, I want to do something. We use it as a catalyst to motivate ourselves. This is an opportunity, something new is happening. A new year is coming, so let me use this to motivate myself, to change something about myself. And that's not a bad idea. However, a believer and a Muslim is always seeking this. You don't wait till the end of the year to seek a resolution to change. Rather, as we are told in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encourages us to do tawbah. وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in totality as an ummah, as a huge group together. Do it individually, do it in totality to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may be successful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always encouraging us to do tawbah and not to wait for a single moment to inspire us to do that. However, we can use this opportunity to make a tawbah to Allah. Our resolution can be, I want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this year, more than I've ever been before. And there's nothing better than this. As soon as we take that first step, we make that intention that I want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us the tawfiq, the ability to do so. This only happens when we make the intention. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see if we make the intention, then the aid will come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the help the divine aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help. As we know the very famous and beautiful hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِنَّمَا All of your actions is based off of that intention. If you make the intention that I want to change, I want to do something, I want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or you, you want to make any intention, this year I want to become more physically fit. The first step to doing that is to make the intention. If no intention is there, I just say it and I don't really mean it, I'm not going to get any healthier. The first step is a real intention. And what is an intention? An intention is, I am resolving, I am really going to do this. It's not just lip service, it's not just a word that I say to others, or I, you know, I could be lying to myself, but it's actually the decision that I want to change. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in the hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam continuously invite us to think about our mistakes. Continuously think, what am I doing wrong? How can I get better? And a believer is always getting closer and better and better as long as they live. And that is why in the hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells us that the individual who has aged in Islam has a very great honor in Islam. A person who is elderly in Islam, who has the shape, the, the white hairs and the white beard, they have a great fadila and a great virtue in Islam. We, those of us who have dark beards, we have to show respect to them. Why? Not only because they're elderly, but because the experience in Islam, 
the closeness, the time period that they had to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is much greater than our time period. So we need to show respect to our elders because of that. And we also have to develop ourselves. One day, those of us who have black beards or dark colored beards is going to turn white. Inshallah, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us that. In one hadith, Rasulullah was told of two individuals. One individual who accepted Islam and passed away right away, very soon. Another individual who accepted Islam and passed away after a year. Rasulullah said the individual who passed away later, he has a very, very high rank in comparison to the one who passed away sooner. And he was asked about this. And he said, didn't the one who spent more time, who passed away one year after Islam, he prayed a full year's worth of salah. This other individual didn't get to pray that salah. He passed away right away. But the Sahaba's mind was like, this person who just passed away after accepting Islam, he has a completely clean, clean slate. A completely clean slate. When you accept Islam, as Nabi Wasallam has told us, Al-Islam, Islam, when a person accepts Islam, it wipes out everything in the past. No matter what a person has done. Even in the hadith where a person was a murderer, that is forgiven. Of course, you know, a person will have to take his hisab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when a person accepts Islam and changes their ways, everything is forgiven. But Rasulullah sallallahu tells us, the individual who lives one more year than that person, despite the fact that he did commit sin, everyone commits sin, but this person prayed more salah. And that causes this person to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and makes them of a higher rank. So when we see elders, when we see people who have aged in Islam, we must think that this person prayed much more than I have. Their rank is greater than mine. And we have to introspect, look in our own lives and say that how can I get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We should always seek some way to get closer to Allah. Whether that is through charity, an optional charity that no one knows about. Or every morning I recite Surah Yasin or a specific Surah, Surah Rahman, or I do some type of adhkar, remembrances of Allah that only Allah and I know about. This will get me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, build that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And among the greatest ways to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we all have to you know, do well <coughs> and is a skill. And we don't realize that this is a skill that has to be earned and learned. is salah. Salah is a skill. It's really sad that you and I, from the time we're children, we learn about salah, and now we're, you know, three, four decades later, five decades later, six decades later, our salah is the same. No difference in our salah. Since I was a child till now, the same salah. I learned the arkan, this is how you stand, this is fatiha, this is surah to ikhlas, this is how you do ruku' or sujood. No difference in my salah. Whereas a person is given a very long life, inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives all of us a very long life, is for us to learn about salah, how to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this method. This is the best method to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After our shahada, after we accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives, and we accept that He is our God and we are His slaves, the thing that will bring us closest to Allah is salah. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we all know about the mi'raj, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went to Jannah, this is in the Quran. Subhanalladhi asra bi abdihi layla min al masjidil haram ila al masjidil aqsa. All praise be to Allah who has taken his slave Muhammad from Mecca to Jerusalem and has taken up 
him into the sky. This was a very momentous occasion, probably the greatest uh, miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And this is called the Mi'raj, meaning the ascension. It's an ascension. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, "The Mi'raj of the believer, the ascension of the believer, is their salah." We won't be able to do Mi'raj like Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but he is comparing his physically going into Jannah with our salah. What does this mean? Does this mean that I perform salah the same way as I was when I was a child? It means that there's some spiritual component to salah that I'm missing out. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying the ascension of the believer. Spiritually elevating ourselves. Getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. Strengthening our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is done through salah. But it's really sad that when I, when I look at my life, I'm talking by myself, and we should all look at our lives. When we perform salah, what is our condition? Am I even realizing that I'm standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When I do rukur, when I do sujood, I'm, I'm putting my head onto the ground. Imagine if you're doing that outside of salah. If someone commanded you to do sajda before me or do rukur before me. Of course, no Muslim would do that. But if someone does that, they would feel so much awe and so much humiliation in doing that. To bend your head over to someone, to go into sajda before someone, of course you're going to feel so humiliated. The head, which is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, has most of our faculties, our ability to see, hear, speak, our brain, our, our identity is located in our head. To put that down before someone, what does that mean? That means I'm, I'm placing everything that I have and I'm humiliating myself. I'm showing that I'm a slave. And we do this to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's become such a habit. We don't feel anything anymore. Just put our heads down. It doesn't mean anything anymore. But in reality, what, what is actually happening in salah is I'm showing Allah that I am the slave and He is the master. This happens five times a day. Continuous sujood, ruku', bowing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's unfortunate that we don't really think about what's happening. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Surah Al-Mu'minun in the, the first few ayahs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, the believers are successful. They have achieved success, true success. This is Allah telling us. Not the success of the dunya, not the success of our society, of our peers. The success, according to Allah, the creator of the universe, is for the believers. Who are they? الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ they have khushur, humility, realization, cognization of who they're standing before in their salah. Those are the ones who have success, according to Allah. Maybe not according to us, but this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us. As a believer, my true success lies in the value, the, the, the quality of my salah. If my salah is of high quality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling me that I'm successful. He says, those who have khushu' in their salah. This word khushu', we hear it all, of, all the time. What's khushu'? What is khushu'? We say that we have to have khushu' in salah. Khushu' is a term that is used in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ They have khushu' in their salah. It's humility. Humility. If after my salah, in, during my day, I'm engaging with others and, and I want to show how big I am, how great I am, I want to argue with others, I want to put others down, then my salah had no effect at all. Salah is supposed to create within us 
the special quality of khushur, of humility, of realizing what we are, who we are, who we speak to, what our, real, what our reality is, what our goals are. That's what salah is supposed to do for us. When we stand before Allah, we're reminded five times a day. We can't go two or three hours without this reminder. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created me to realize He is Allah and that I am just a slave. And this is what salah does for us, what it's supposed to do for us. But if we're not present in our salah, if my mind is wandering in my salah, if I'm thinking about everything else but salah, if I forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my salah, it's not a salah at all. That's not a true salah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is telling us the ascension, our ascension, our mi'raj is salah. But if I'm not present in salah, how can I do mi'raj? My ruh is not doing anything. It's not getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no spirituality in my life. The first words Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, we know the story of Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, when he received nubuwa, when he became a Nabi. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Innani ana Allah, la ilaha illa ana, fa'budani wa aqimi salata li dhikri. The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the very famous and great Prophet Musa alayhi salatu wasalam is that I am Allah. As a believer, that, that is everything to us. Knowing who is Allah. Allah introduces Himself to Musa salam. Then, La ilaha illa ana. There's no other God other than me. So Allah introduces Himself. He tells Musa salam, There's no other God other than me. And then a commandment is revealed. Wa The first meeting, the first speech between Musa salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah introduces Himself. And then he says, establish salah for my remembrance. This is the first command that Musa has. And this was the command revealed to all the Anbiya We see in Rasulullah life, when Jibreel came to him, and he hugged him in Surah Alaq was revealed the first few verses. Very soon after, another surah was re- revealed, Surah Al-Muzzammil. Ya al-Muzzammil layla illa qalila. Amongst the first surahs, O oh, you who are wrapped in a cloth. As soon as Nabi ﷺ was hugged by Jibreel ﷺ, that whole incident, he ran home. He was afraid. He didn't know what was happening. He asked his wife, Khadija anha, to cover him with a cloth. And she covered him and he was shivering. He was cold. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this incident. O oh, you who are wrapped in a cloth, stand in salah. The first thing, after the introduction, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces himself in Surah Alaq. Recite in the name of your Lord who has created insan. Then the, the first commandment is salah. It's so important. And why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always reveal these things for, to the Anbiya alayhi first? It's not special for Musa alayhi and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa All the Anbiya alayhi They had salah. This is because Allah has created salah in such a way that it connects us to Him. These prophets, the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they have a huge job ahead of them, a huge task. You have the entire nation against you and you have to bring them over to the remembrance of Allah. Remind them why they're created. Remind them who Allah is. You need spiritual strength for that. You need to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that. How do, how do you achieve that? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says perform salah. This is the method we connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The method in which we... Engage with the world. When a believer truly performs salah in the correct manner, 
Every affair in our lives becomes correct. Our job, our work life, our family life, every aspect of our lives becomes correct. Our relationship with Allah, of course, when we have salah in our lives. And it's not just salah, it's not just a five-time salah. It's khushur in the salah itself. It's the humility that is created in the salah itself. If we're not aware what's happening in our salah, it's not going to give us that benefit. We're not going to be able to have that spiritual fruit from salah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created salah for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa, establish salah for my remembrance. This is the reason. Because salah is a dhikr, is a reminder who we are and who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Now if we don't have that, when we stand up in salah, as soon as we do the takbir, we're transported somewhere else. We're transported to the last conversation we had. What I'm going to do after the salah. What I saw last night, what, I, what I'm going to see in the, in the future. All of these different things come to our minds. In reality, it's shaitan. Shaitan comes to us, he tricks us. Is one hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, there's a special shaitan. Not just Iblis. Iblis is not the only shaitan. There's many shayateen. He has an army. So Rasulullah I believe he said that his name was Walahan. He has a name. It's a special type of shaitan. He comes to people when they perform salah and they, he, he does wasawis. Wasawis, he whispers in the ears, whispers in the minds. Brings them to think about everything else other than who they're standing in front of. And so it is our job to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the means of salah. In one very beautiful hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, narrated by Imam Abu Dawood, مَن تَوَضَّأَ فَأَحْسَنَ وُضُوءَهِ ثُمَّ صَلَّى رَكَعَتَيْنِ لَا يَسْهُوا فِيهِمَا غُفِرَ لَهُمَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ If a person performs a very a perfect wudu, and we talked about this in a, in a previous program that we had, the Bidayatul Hidayah program, we talked about how to do wudu in the perfect manner, what du'as to recite, what, what frame of mind we should be in when we perform the wudu. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, when a person does an ahsan wudu, the best wudu, then they stand up for two rak'ahs of salah. This is a nafal salah, not even fard. Two rak'ahs. La yashu fihima. They don't make any mistake in the salah. And I'm not just talking about, you know, posture and ruku' and sujood. The mind doesn't make a mistake. The heart doesn't make a mistake in salah. They're aware who they stand in front of. When this is the case, when this happens, they don't make any mistake in two rak'ahs only. Every single sin that this person has done is wiped away. It seems very easy, but it's not easy. Who amongst us can say that in the entirety of our lives, some of us are elderly, some of us are young, irrespective of that, who can say that they've performed two rak'ahs in their lives in which there was no mistake? In which the mind didn't wander, the heart didn't wander. That is why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, if you can perform just two rak'ahs after a good wudu, in which your mind and heart doesn't wander, and you make no mistakes, all of your sins are forgiven. And indirectly, Rasulullah is teaching us something. Salah is a skill. You have to learn how to do salah. We have to learn how it is, what do we have to do in salah, how to ha have concentration in my salah. And it takes decades, it takes years to do this. The Anbiya, they had it immediately. That is why instantly their connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so strong that they could give the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People would harm them. 
we hear stories about you know Abu Jahl and his gang would come up to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and pour the entrails of animals on him when he was in sujood. How did he? How was he able to handle all of that? Seeing his companions being murdered before him, not being able to retaliate, choosing peace. How was he able to handle all of this? You know the story of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The spirituality of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is something that we cannot even com- comprehend. Being able to forgive the murderer of your family members, your daughter, your uncle, being murdered before your eyes, and forgiving the person that does that. Nabi ﷺ was on a spiritual level that we cannot even comprehend. That was because of his salah. From the beginning, he was performing such a salah. He would never miss out his tahajjud. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, his, his blessed wife, our mother, she says at times I would... Wake up in the middle of the night, of course there was no light and it would be completely dark and I don't know where Nabi Wasallam was so I would feel around in the masjid. Where did he go? I was scared something might have happened to him. And then I would feel his heels. And he would be in sujood. Allahu alam, how many hours he would be in sujood. And so she would say to him out of you know, respect and out of, out of worry for him, she would see that his heels would crack. His feet would crack, they would bleed in the salah. Because he's standing for hours and hours. He's in sajda for hours and hours. In one hadith, the sahaba come across him, say the Aisha as well, they, they thought he died in sujood. Imagine how long you have to be stillless, and still and motionless in sujood for a person to think you died. This was the salah of Rasulullah his connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she would see his, his feet, she would touch his feet in the, in the night. And after his salah, and that, that's why in the, in the hadith she says that, لا تسأل أن حسنهن. Don't ask me about how beautiful his salah was. I can't, I can't explain it. She would ask him, Why are you performing such salah? You cry so much, you recite so much in your salah, hours and hours of tilawa, the whole night. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already forgave you, we perform salah so we can get forgiveness, like in the hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa tells us. You're already forgiven. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Everything that he's done is already forgiven. So why do you, why do you, you know, torture yourself in salah? And so Rasulullah tells her something that reveals to us a higher stage of salah. You and I, sometimes we perform salah. If we're lucky enough, we pray salah so we can get forgiveness from Allah. Other than, otherwise, we, we don't even know sometimes why we pray. We just stand and, and perform the salah because it's a duty. But if we're lucky, we pray salah because we want that forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala standing in tahajjud. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was already forgiven. What did he say to Sayyidah Aisha? She said, why do you perform salah? You're already forgiven. He said, afala akuna abdan shakura. Should I not be a thankful slave? Should I, shouldn't I be thankful? Allah already forgave everything. Allah has already accepted me. I know I'm going to Jannah, inshaAllah. Then shouldn't I be a thankful slave? So Rasulullah tells us there's another reason why we perform salah. Not just forgiveness. Thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why some of the mashayikh, some of the elders, some of the scholars in Islam, they have said, those who are very close to Allah, if I knew that there was no Jannah, there was no Jahannam, if I died, just absolutely nothing. My life is over and it's just completely gone. I would still perform salah. Because my connection with Allah is in that salah. I don't pray salah so I can get jannah. I don't pray salah so I can get the forgiveness of Allah. I pray salah because every single breath I take is a gift from Allah. 
And I don't know any other way I can thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except through this. So this is our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Rasulullah said, Salatu mi'rajul mu'min. It's our mi'raj. Nabi went to Jannah. We can go to a Jannah as well. A spiritual Jannah, not a physical Jannah like Nabi But in our Salah, the, the capability is there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made Salah to, to give us this. To get us close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ibn Qayyim, a great scholar in the past, said that this is a great gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not have to give us Salah. He didn't have to give us Salah. And so we should choose to perform Salah. And we should learn how to perform Salah, inshaAllah. With khushur, getting close to Allah. Understand what it means to have khushur. Finally be able to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this should be our New Year's resolution, inshaAllah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tawfiq. To look at our lives. To change our lives. Let us get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us change our lives through salah. Let us learn how it is to perform two rakahs of salah. Nabi sallallahu could perform salah for hours. Let us pray salah two rakahs, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Let's start learning how to pray salah. And be different than how we were when we were 10 years old. Right? When we teach the kids in the makatib, on Saturdays they learn, they pray salah. Inshallah, our salah should be different. We should, we should learn how to pray salah in the proper manner. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept us. To accept this New Year's resolution for us. That we want to get closer to you, Ya Allah. And that is, as he tells us through the salah, allow us to perfect our salah and get closer to you. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala ala khiri khalqi Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika ya rahmatika ya rahmatika.